Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. It is the Summer Heat Wave, 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by, of course, the Brodo Fantasy team. I'm your host, Tim Petrop. Here are my two brothers, the Twinsers. Michael and Jason Putrop. Uh, fun fact, my name for them when they were kids was Geizies. Geizies. That's right. And oh, I really and, just called us the Twinsers. Yeah. I haven't heard that since I was like my, four my, and a half. My grandma used to call you that. And Tim is, Tim is off today because he's excited because no. it's the Jets, It's baby. the Jets. And, and one more thing, I have a, I have a urge every time to call my son Geizy. I don't know. I don't know why, but it's I have an urge. I think it brings me back to when you I, guys were just young tykes. I approve of calling a little baby Dennis Geisy. <laughs> before, before we get started, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season, and it's free for a limited time. Download the app, and you get Fantasy Player Cards, which is basically Fantasy Player Profiles, but way more cool. Uh, who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced stats, and exclusive stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and points per opportunity, excluding TDs, and tons more. Free for a limited time right now, and that is thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash Please join now to support the show and the app but most importantly to join the community on discord playing leagues with the brodo bros get an extra podcast per week the waiver podcast during the season private team consultations free giveaways and tons tons more and as always the brodo hub is brodofantasy.com where you can find all things brodo including a fantasy cheat sheet for your drafts with our consensus rankings oh boy we are breaking down a team near and dear and close to our hearts our, our broken hearts, the New York Jets. Um, we are that's how we are kicking off the AFC East. The offensive outlook for the New York Jets. Here's what I always tell people: the New York Jets is only a logo, right? The owner's Woody Johnson. He pays everyone. The building is MetLife Stadium. That's where they play. The players, the coaches. That's who makes up what's going on. The Jets, in quotation mark don't really exist. They are a product of other people within. And when you have a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, and a new quarterback, you are going to have completely new tendencies. So this last in the league offense last year, let's scrap it because everything is new. Uh, coach Robert Sala, the former defensive coordinator for the uh, 49ers, comes over and brings with him uh, Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, um, who talks very openly about implementing a similar system to the LaFleur, Shanahan, McVeigh coaching tree little variants that are done. So that's what we're looking at if you're the Jets. The Jets have also made some improvements on the offensive line. PFF has them ranked 22nd, a big-time improvement from their 29th ranked showing last year. So with that being said, 
the quarterback. The quarterback is really where this all starts, and this is one of the hardest. From just me personally, I watched Zach Wilson a lot before the draft. I was completely enamored with Zach Wilson. I completely believe in him. Everything that's happened in the preseason makes me feel the same way. But I understand that I am a Jets fan. So even if I look at it through the most um, the most unbiased way, it's, uh, it's still going to be a little biased. So I need to look at the other side. He went to a small school. He did have great protection. He's in a system that no one's ever seen run before. He has good weapons, but they aren't great. He has an okay offensive line, but it's not great. This is a team that's on the rise in terms of their plan. But we don't care about that in redraft. We care about this year. What are they going to do for us this year? So, Jason, what do you expect out of Zach Wilson this year? I expect good things, man. I have been drafting Zach Wilson in a lot of best ball leagues as my backup quarterback because I think that he's going to have a lot of weeks this season where he's a streamer. Look, it's hard for a rookie to be a consistent quarterback. Even last year, Justin Herbert set records, and he still wasn't like that super consistent quarterback one that you love, right? It's hard for rookies to do that. But Zach Wilson has the potential. On throws that traveled 30-plus air yards last season in college, he went 20 for 27. That percentage is the best by any FCS quarterback since 2012. So he could throw the deep ball. In the preseason, we saw him make great throws in the intermediate range. And then if you look at his rushing upside, it's there. He had over 600 rushing yards in college. He's super athletic. I honestly expect him to have Daniel Jones-esque rushing stats, which Daniel Jones has rushed for 270 and around 420, if I recall correctly, yards in his last two seasons. So somewhere in the 300 rushing yard range, he has Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, I expect to be super studly. Jamison Crowder, even Denzel Mims. He has a decent amount of running backs. Herndon just got released, but he has Tyler Croft. And then Michael Floor, who we always talk about Kyle Shanahan, sneaky run-first guy. His teams like to run the ball. And Michael Floor, why do they do that? Because they want to ease in their quarterbacks. They want to use the run game to utilize play action to make things easier with screen passes. We saw a lot of screen passes um, in in the preseason from the Jets. Corey Davis caught a few outside passes. They're going to try to ease in Zach Wilson, and I think he has the talent to make the plays. And because of his legs, he has some upside. I, he's going to be in the streaming conversation this season. It's interesting. It's interesting because, again, he's kind of he's kind of a very big wild card. And when you have a wild card like a quarterback, the wild cards around him also are wild cards. <laughs> it's And, you know, Corey Davis is someone that was going in the 10th round not too long ago and has crept his way off draft boards uh, as we gone. Elijah Moore is someone who you've watched go from, like, the most coveted rookie wide receiver to him not playing in the preseason. So his his name is kind of fizzled, and he's dropping a little lower. Um those are the two guys you basically hope are going to be rosterable in on the team. You also have Denzel Mims, who the reports out of camp have been that the team is not in love with him. Um, 
You have Jamison Crowder, who will play a role in this team because he's the veteran. So when Elijah Moore struggles and running a route or something like that, like Jamison Crowder's not going to do that. So are any of these guys super fantasy viable in your opinion and worth their pick at ADP? Uh, Michael, what do you think? We've been made, folks. We've been made. Because Corey Davis is no longer a complete steal yeah. at ADP. Yeah. Yes, they're both very viable options at ADP, but Corey Davis, the preseason equals three-round increase. He has become an absolute everyone's favorite receiver now um, after these these couple of weeks where he just dominated went on the field to Zach Wilson, um, absolutely destroyed the Green Bay Packers in about a quarter and a half of play. He looked great. Zach Wilson has looked great, and that has had a big effect on his ADP. No longer are you getting him outside the top 40 receivers, unfortunately. But I still like Corey Davis where he's going, man. I'm still fine taking him in the 7th or 8th round, even though getting him in the ninth and 10th prior, even 11th, was glorious. He just had a super solid season. Um, yes, he was helped by the true throw value king, Ryan Tannehill, but Davis was super effective the entire season. Um, was a top 10 receiver, according to PFF. Um, finished just about in line with his true throw value. Was 18th in receiving yards, despite seeing only 92 targets, which was 42nd in the league. He had a good yards per reception. Had 14 big plays. Now he gets to be the alpha for the Jets. All signs are pointing up for Corey Davis in this Michael Floor offense, and I'm all aboard the Corey Davis train. And then you have Elijah Moore, who, oh my goodness gracious, people are just gushing about Elijah Moore over and over and over. He uh, he was elite in reception perception against man coverage um, in the college database that Matt Harmon introduced this season. In eight games last year, he had 1,193 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. That is absolutely absurd. Basically, he was unguardable, and we saw him get better each and every year. He had 36 receptions, 398 yards, and two touchdowns as a freshman playing with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. That is not nothing. And then as a sophomore, 67 receptions, 850 yards, and six touchdowns. And then, like I said, the 86, 1193 and 8 season, his junior season in only eight games is just absolutely absurd. A.J. Brown said he's better than he is. Um Talking about Elijah Moore, that is. He wasn't saying he's better than Elijah Moore. All signs are pointing out for Elijah Moore being a stud, too. He gets compared to guys like Tyler Lockett and and Steve Smith. I'm all aboard the Elijah Moore train, too, now that he's going in, like, the 10th and 11th round. He was going ahead of Corey Davis for quite some time. Um, not anymore. Still, I think Elijah Moore has the potential to be the best rookie wide receiver in the league this year if all goes well in that Jets offense. And I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say when he looks like he's going to be a starter. The injuries, the injury, the fact that he hasn't been able to play with Zach Wilson is is not ideal. But, I mean, if he just steps on the field and shows what he's been showing in practices and throughout his college tape and such, he should be able to just step right in and be a impactful rookie from the jump. One thing about Corey Davis, if you've been if you've been listening for a long time, you may be like, oh, you know, these guys, they hated Corey Davis, and now he's on the Jets, and now they're saying good things about Corey Davis. Like, well, then you weren't listening during the season last year because we changed our tune during the season. During the season. 
And that's the sign of a good analyst. People who could change their tune based on evidence. Speaking on Nice tunes, Tim. Speaking on tunes and evidence. In our home league, it was the 10th round, and I was up to draft. And I was... I've been a preacher of Ty Johnson is going to be the guy you want in this backfield. That's been my preach. I wrote a whole little situation about it. Fourth round picks do not usually produce in their first seasons, uh, especially in the last five years. And uh, Ty Johnson really fits the scheme. But then I was on the board, and I had both of them on the board still, and I drafted Michael Carter. And the reason why I drafted Michael Carter is because I was looking for that upside. I feel like he presents... Um, a receiving upside that Ty Johnson doesn't. He presents a uh, I could take over the backfield upside that Ty Johnson doesn't. And you have this headache, Tevin Coleman, whose literal job is to just take away fantasy value from backfields the last few years. Um, it's just been his job. He's like, all right, let me get as much fantasy value and suck it all in as I can. Um so you have to consider that as well if you're drafting Ty Johnson. So I went with Michael Carter, the upside pick. How are you looking at this backfield? Because to me, it's like you got the the who wants that guy guy in Tevin Coleman, the kind of sort of safe floor guy in Ty Johnson, and then the upside guy in Michael Carter. How are you feeling about it, Mike? Yeah, let me just add real quick because you didn't, Speak about reliable Jamison Crowder, who had four top 12 games last year and only 11 played. Um, started the season where wide receiver 9, wide receiver 18, wide receiver 7. Basically seemed like he was going to be a top 24 asset the rest of the way. Dealt with injuries, bad quarterback play and such. But don't sleep on Jamison Crowder, who was a wide receiver 35 last season despite playing in only 11 games and is now going outside like the top 60 receivers. <clears throat> but... To your point regarding the running backs, uh, Michael Carter, it, just any thoughts about early impact are lost at this point, right? Like, that's just not happening. Um, not only was he running behind Tevin Coleman, he was running behind Ty Johnson and LaMichael P. Ryan during the preseason. Not good. We're also talking about a Michael Floor offense dealing with Kyle Shanahan all these years. The king of using multiple king of using multiple rbs efficiently and effectively in a backfield and the good part about this backfield though unlike the tampa bay backfield who we discussed on an earlier heat wave where the costs were not great the costs here really are not at all bad right like these are not costs that are going to deter you from grabbing these guys because Michael Carter is the first running back in that backfield, RB34, 90.7 overall, which, of course, is the highest. And then Tevin Coleman, RB53, 192 overall. This is from the Sleeper app on the Proto Fantasy, Sleeper ADP on the Proto Fantasy app. And then Ty Johnson, RB81, 291 overall. So you can get shares of this backfield at a discount if you'd like, which is what makes it so intriguing. Tevin Coleman made his name in a Shanahan offense. He understands his system, which is why he got brought over. Ty Johnson, the guy Timmy loves. Timmy loves him because he fits that type of scheme so effectively. They say the same thing about Michael Carter, which is why they were so ecstatic to get him in the fourth round. 
Michael Carter, Carter, like Tim said, I think has the most upside, but he is definitely a stash and wait. It's tough to spend a top 10 round pick on a guy like that in like a home league where there's short benches because, man, you need those bench spots. It is harder in those types of leagues, but deep leagues, I understand um, drafting him and stashing him a little too high still for my liking, uh, Michael Carter, because he is going to be useless for at least the beginning part of the season. And there is no guarantee that he starts getting a lot more work if Coleman and Ty Johnson play well. Um, I think he will, and I do think he's a talented back, but not a very good uh, preseason in terms of productivity. And then Coleman, who's the starting running back you get for free, and Ty Johnson, who is spelling Coleman and has shown that he could be a productive running back, is also completely free. So if you want to draft those guys, go for it. There's no reason not to. If one of these guys gets hurt, it becomes a two-man backfield more than likely, and then that increases their value even further. This Jets offense has a chance to not be trash. And if it's not trash, getting one of their running backs after pick 150 could end up being very valuable. Not even 150. Ty Johnson is going at 291. He's absolutely free. And Tevin Coleman at 190. Like, you could get a starting running back in Tevin Coleman right now in the 14th, 15th round or later in, like, any draft. And that's something I'm interested in. I do want to say one thing about Ty Johnson because he was third in percentage of yards before contact last year. 52% of his yards came before contact. The reason why that's an important stat is because it kind of shows, like, the zone zone running scheme where – he needs to identify and hit holes. Like he has great running back vision, Ty Johnson. And I know that, you know, this is a name that you might not know or you might not recognize, but he's a name that when he's gotten opportunities, has gotten success. Particularly last season, they ran a zone scheme against the Raiders where he really carved up the Raiders. Um, if you want to see him really like excel in this scheme, watch him carve up the Raiders last year. And he he doesn't have the top end speed. Mostert does, Raheem Mostert does, which is the guy that you'd compare him to, like Raheem Mostert, also a guy who was drafted late, Ty Johnson, undrafted free agent, a guy who, you know, is was underrated until he got into this this offense. He was basically virtually tied with Raheem Mostert in yards before contact percentage. So it kind of shows you like, okay, like these guys are comparable. Now, Mostert's probably one of the fastest players in the league, so... I don't think he has the ceiling of being a Raheem Mostert, but there is something about that 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 says, hey, this is more than just a guy. This is someone who you should be aware of in fantasy. Yeah, Raheem Mostert, also a late pick. There's similarities there. Yeah, exactly. Also came on late. Yes, two things I mentioned. Also got signed so, and so, cut by several teams. Yes, also things I mentioned. So thank you, Jason, for um, not listening to me as I talk. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I got to zone you out. You with the, with, well, I mean, so this, it, they just traded Chris Herndon today for a fourth round pick. Um, so let's go to the tight ends. Is there a tight end to roster here? Tyler Croft had a couple of touchdowns in a preseason game. Yeah, am I kind of crazy for saying Tyler Croft is interesting now? Yeah, no, I don't think I was, so. I was coming into today saying Croft, Ryan Griffin, Chris Herndon, like there's such a mess over there. But now it's really just two guys. Tyler Croft was the guy in the preseason. Trayvon Wesco. And listen, all right, Trayvon Wesco. We're coming like Mike Lef- Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur 
it's coming from a Shanahan offense where George Kittle's a stud, and because uh, I know George Kittle's one of a kind, Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly have both been streamers when Kittle is out. You know, Jason, and we know just... that young quarterbacks like their tight ends. And we know that Zach Wilson threw two touchdowns to Tyler Croft already in one preseason game. Jason just piqued my interest. I was leaning back, and then he said that, <laughs> and then I'm like, now I'm, I'm all in. Like, you guys have now, like, convinced me on two players. And I'm – this is in, impressive. All I, impressive. All I had to say was Ross Dwelly for Tim to buy it to Tyler Croft. Yo, I was like, yo, well, Ross Dwelly, if Ross Dwelly can do it, why not? Tyler Croft is shady well, nice when he's healthy. Tim, like, he's shady nice. Um, oof. Uh, Chris Godwin, I, I dropped him down about four spots in my wow. rankings. <laughs> yeah, as you as you were talking about him. <laughs> anyway, continue. Tyler Croft, go. I mean, that's it. <laughs> there's there's opportunity there. Young quarterbacks like their tight end. They already have a connection from the preseason. That sounds good to me. Um, that yeah. that system does cater to tight ends. That is something that is definitely one hundred percent true. Um, I mean, we're done now. Then I want to keep talking about the Jets. I just want to keep talking. One injury away. One Tim. injury away. Who's running? One injury away. Ay, ay, ay. Um, uh, we didn't really talk about Michael Keelan Carter. Cole. We didn't talk about Denzel Mims. Are these? We don't, come on. Oh, yeah, these are. We don't need to talk about the fourth receiving option, man. All right, all right, fine. A fourth and fifth receiving option. Though Keelan Cole is going to have. Some games where he's going to make Corey Davis and Elijah Moore managers very upset. I yeah. can tell you that. Yeah, for sure. I've been watching this uh, this little the Jets' own version of uh, like Hard Knocks. It's called One Jets Drive on YouTube, and apparently Keelan Cole's like the the life of the wide receiver room. Like he's the veteran leader. <laughs> he's like the guy who makes all the jokes. He's like the guy who like tells the young guys like, "Come on now!" Like like he's that he's like kind of become that guy. And Corey Davis is kind of like the the quiet leader, who just goes about his That's business. That's cool. Yeah. That's that, cool. That has anything to do with anything. Um, yeah, Michael Carter is my one injury away because if he gets on the field and starts flashing some potential, he's not gonna he's not gonna lose work. I'm saying Denzel Mims for that reason. I think that if he's for like obviously this coaching staff doesn't like him for whatever reason, but if he's forced onto the field, like I saw a talented player when I watched him play, so. I think that he's still a talented player. Maybe he needs to go to a different team like Sam Darnold to show it off, or, and maybe he just kind of has the stench of the old on him. But uh, I think that if he gets the opportunity, he was one of my guys to look for to make a little leap this year. Not not maybe into fantasy relevance, but at least to consider him to be fantasy relevant next year. Uh, so, we'll s- yeah, we'll see if that's the case. Jason, what about you? Yeah, one of the running backs. Or maybe Tyler Croft, if Ryan Griffin gets hurt and he's the sole tight end. Huh. Maybe this will be more than just a little, like, you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe. It increases the chances. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Where can they find you in the meantime that will tell, Michael? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason? At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find everyone at Brodo Fantasy. Cast... Cast, don't forget about cast. Broto FF Casanova. Um Just talking to yourself. Yeah, I was talking to myself. There Come on, you. Tim. Don't forget about him. You could do better than that, Tim. I appreciate the pep talk. Um That's you talking to yourself. At Broto Fantasy on everywhere that, that puts ads in front of things. Later. Do it again. Pete Wave. Later.